We only got one life, so it's time to live it for. I don't hesitate, I embrace every day. Cause we only got one life, so it's time to live it for. It's not about trying to achieve more or gain, but rather how to lose and let go. Let me explain. Once you let go of all things that aren't significant, you'll be left with everything that is truly important. I'm living everyday life with a purpose. Living everyday life with a purpose. This is another episode of the podcast. Live it for. Hey, welcome. If you're in my Facebook group, I am live. I'm also recording a podcast and doing a Thursday Thoughts with Richard. Thought I would do all three of them at the same time. Um, So I'm experimenting with some new technology. I'm actually using a MacBook and my phone separately tied to my soundboard together. So if something doesn't work on the live video, let me know. If you're listening on the podcast, you can ignore that. Um, But it is Thursday, and it is time to do a Thursday Thought with Richard. Earlier this week, I had, um, Caitlin and I had closed on a property that I had been working on for quite some time, um, over a year from initial conversation to now. And I was telling somebody about it previously, and I'll, and I'll just tell you what it is. Um, we got a pretty decent, I say it's a decent deal. I mean, we, we helped somebody get out of a house that was um, not owner-occupied, been vacant for a long time, is in disrepair, um, helped them um, because they didn't know what to do, get out of it by helping them pay the back taxes and closing and helping them with the title and everything because they didn't even know where to begin which a lot of people can be in that situations when you're not used to buying and selling houses all the time. You kind of um, lose sight of you're used to going to the title company. They may not be anyways, helped them do that. So I got a pretty good deal. Now the house needs a tremendous amount of work. When I say tremendous, probably 50 to $60,000 worth of work. Um, it's risky, but it's a calculated risk for us because we've done it for the average person who hasn't ever um, flipped a house or remodeled, it's risky because you could easily go over budget and break even at best. But the reason I want to talk about that is because when when you're telling people about these things, and maybe you shouldn't overshare, and maybe I shouldn't share it here, but I feel like it's something that you're all going to go through when you when you level up and when you start doing different things in business and life for maybe your peers or your family. And so there's two different things that'll happen. Sometimes people say, it must be nice. That one usually comes with a little condescension. It's a little, um, we've, I've done a podcast about it where we've talked about that and you just want to cringe and you say, yeah, it is nice. I worked hard to do this. But most of the time when somebody says it like that, maybe it's a backhanded compliment. Maybe it's a straight jab. I don't know. But it's one of those things where you feel some condescension. Like they weren't being kind about it. Right. And so to me, that's a different thing than when somebody comes up to you with some naivete, um, And they legitimately mean it because they believe in luck. And they say, man, how do you get so lucky? How do these deals fall into your lap? Because what they see, they see the one like this that um, is a good deal. And then they see the end result and they say, wow, how do you get so lucky? Well, so I'm going to tell you a couple things today about luck. So we're going to title this one. um, We're going to title this podcast Luck. Lucky something. I don't know. We'll get there. But this is my Thursday thoughts. Um, Thomas Jefferson said, I'm a great believer in luck. And I find the harder I work, the more I have of it. Isn't that funny? So Thomas Jefferson, basically, I said, I'm a great believer in luck. I find the harder I work, the more I have of it. And so that's my first piece of advice. You will get luckier 
the harder you work. But I also want you to think about it in terms of this, because I've had to get over this part of it a few times to where I tell myself that it's not luck. Okay. And what I mean by that is if you tell yourself over and over, man, I just got lucky. That was great. It's a psychological thing where you ultimately think you didn't deserve it. You didn't earn it. You didn't work for it. You got lucky, which actually most of the time is not the case. It was the culmination of lots of hard work that puts you in the right position for something to happen. That's not luck. Okay. That is the way it was supposed to happen. The, the second thing I would tell you about ways to improve your luck is think positively. Positive energy attacks, attracts positive things. Now, I know that may sound like some BS. It may sound like some secret if you've ever read that book, Law of Attraction. I don't know how it works, but the universe does work this way. Negative thoughts, negative people, negative energy creates more of it. And I know that you know people who have lived their life that way. And woe is me, nothing ever goes right. It continues to go poorly. My wife has to remind me of that sometimes when I come home in a bad mood or I'm down. And she says, it's not your circumstances. That's the problem. It's your attitude. Positive thinking. The more positive you are, the luckier you'll get. And I'm using lucky loosely because I think that it's not luck. But for the sake of this, to uh, talk about the people who say it must be nice because you're so lucky. Really think about it, though. And when good things happen to you and those positive things, be thankful. And when they don't, be thankful. Think of the positives. This didn't work out, but I'm going to be positive about it because it's going to allow me to do this. We have something we say, um, Caitlin and I, and I try to teach the kids and the sports teams that I coach, that we don't lose Now, you're looking at me and you're saying, Richard, you talk to me about failure all the time and you tell me how you fail and how you lose. I don't ever look at a loss as a loss if you learn from it. Um, You can't take a loss. and, And if you don't learn from it, yes, it's a loss. But you either win or you learn. You don't lose. And so... Think about the positive side of that. Yeah, things could go wrong. I could buy I could have I could have bought this house. We're gonna be over budget and lose 20 grand. If that's the case, I'll probably rent it out. But I have to look at what mistakes did I made? What diligence did I not do? What did I miss that caused this to happen? And what can I learn from it to not do again? Now, a lot of people, if they lost money on a deal like this, they might not do a second one. But that's when you lose, when you quit. Third thing I would tell you about how to create your own luck, become a center of influence in whatever industry you're in. And that's through, I mean, social media is an amazing way that you can get online and talk about your business or your product or the things going on in your life to where when somebody says, oh, I need insurance, I'm going to go to this guy because I see him posting on Facebook great messages. He may never talk about insurance or a realtor. You may never talk about real estate. Every once in a while, you'll throw out a tidbit, but you need to be that center of influence where when Those things, when people are looking for those things, they immediately think of you. And so you're planting seeds maybe years before those things ever happen. Caitlin and I are closing on another commercial real estate deal um, in the next week that came about from a conversation probably two and a half or three years ago where I casually said to a guy I know, hey, if you're ever interested in selling that property, let me know. We talked about it probably a year ago, and then 
it fell off the face of the earth, COVID, everything else was going on. Um, we couldn't come together on a price, but we got together about two months ago and agreed on a price and we're going to close on that property. But it was three years in the making. It wasn't something that happened quickly. I was patient enough to wait. You have to plant those seeds sometimes, but I'm going to tell you, become a center of influence. I don't care who you are. You may think you don't have any influence. You create your stage. Build your own table. Build your own stage. Don't try to be on others. But if you have, everybody has value they can add to this world. Get on your social media. Share the things that you can add value to other people's lives. Become that center of influence. And you can do it in just about any industry, whether you're in the mortgage, financial, real estate, insurance, um, you're selling t-shirts. Like you can, it, it doesn't matter. You can be a center of influence to where we do have deals, um, especially on the real estate side of things that fall into our laps, so to say, um, that most people would say are lucky that are not, they're due to diligence and they're due to being a center of influence because we do have people that go, Hey, I know you buy houses. I inherited this one. I don't know what to do with it. I don't know what it's worth. And normally we can get a a good deal for both of us. We can make it equitable because they may not have to do repairs. They may not have to deal with somebody getting financing. They may not have to deal with the things as a seller that sometimes you have to deal with. And so if we can buy it off market, and I love my realtors, so don't think that I want to just always buy stuff off market. But if I can buy stuff off market that needs, that's, um, has some deferred maintenance, let's say that need repairs, then I can help them get out of a situation potentially and improve the community, improve that area, improve that house and improve my financial situation. But those things don't just come to you unless you've created that center of influence. Now to the outside world, it looks lucky, right? The, the, I guess it's the fourth thing that I would tell you how to improve your luck. Keep your eyes open to opportunities. We so often go down with our head down, nose to the grindstone, that we don't look for the opportunities around us. We don't, we call it, I call it bird dogging. Um, I was talking to another friend of mine this week, um, and I was telling him about this deal that I was doing, and he was like, that's amazing. Like, how do you do that? Like, you know, he didn't say I was lucky. He's like, how do you make that happen? I'm like, man, I call it bird dogging. I am always looking for that deal. If somebody says, hey, I'm thinking about moving, I'm like, hey, are you selling your house? Would you like to sell it to me? You know, I catch those things before they go any further, but I'm always looking for those leads. Maybe it's the salesperson in me, but I don't, it's, it's the ABC always be closing. I'm always asking. The fifth thing I'll tell you, it's a numbers game. I don't care what industry you're in, what business you're in, what phase of it you're in, whether you're trying to start up, scale or sell. It's a numbers game. The more you do, the luckier you'll get. I think one of the most interesting baseball statistics that I have ever heard, um, and there's a lot of good, neat stuff out there, but when you look at like Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth was so far ahead of his peers in the 20s. When you look at his numbers, even compared to today's when you adjust them, his on-base percentage, his slugging percentage, he, he was a pitcher too, but and he's obviously known for home runs. He was the home run leader for many, many years. He also was the strikeout leader. Dude had more strikeouts than anyone else. Also more home runs. You know what that tells me? He was swinging the bat more than anyone else. He wasn't walking. He wasn't, wasn't getting base hits. He was swinging for the fence every time he went to bat. So it is always going to be a numbers game. The more people you can get in front of, 
the more people that you can talk to, the more leads you quote, the more people that you, the more houses that I look at, the luckier. Again, lucky, the luckier I'll get. I remember reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad um, probably 10 years ago. It actually inspired with our business partners, um, Caitlin, Stephen, and Ashley, and I read, um, we all read it. Um, and I had read some Robert Kiyosaki and we read Cashflow Quadrant, two books that I recommend. If you're going to get into real estate, you want to get into real estate investing, they are timeless. Now, things may change from a lot of perspectives as far as the markets and how things are. And if you listen to him on Twitter or Facebook now, he's advocating crypto and gold and silver as well as real estate. But the base theories there are, are amazing. And there's some other books that I would recommend. Uh, Advanced Guide to Real Estate, Investing Two Years to a Million. Um, you can get those on Amazon. And they may actually be on our, our Amazon influencers page, our storefront, Caitlin and I for a little bit full. But the more you do, the luckier you'll get. So Robert Kiyosaki talks about in um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, he talks about to do one deal, you may look at a thousand houses. I thought that was nuts. So I'll put that in perspective. I don't know that you look at a thousand houses, but I make a thousand. I may look at 50 a day on realtor.com and see what prices have changed. I may look at the... um, tax auctions that are coming up. I may look at auction.com. I may look at Facebook marketplace and search for houses. I'll get on Craigslist and search for houses. Um, I will drive around. That's another thing that I do. Um, I call it driving for dollars. I will drive and this. Okay. So here you want a real estate tip for today. If you don't take anything else from this podcast or this live video, take this. If you want to get into real estate investing, one thing that you can do to get some of the best deals you will ever find is drive around neighborhoods that you know that have nice houses that you, you know, you could, you know what the comps would be and look for the house that isn't look for the house that looks vacant, that doesn't have cars there, that isn't getting mail that, um, has deferred maintenance. Maybe windows are boarded. There's missing shingles, um, things like that. Try to figure out the houses that may be vacant that have an absentee owner. Okay. Drive around those neighborhoods, take down the address, go in Texas. It's easy. I can't vouch for other states, but in Texas, it's not hard to go find by address who the owner is. You may not be able to get a phone number, but you can figure it out from there. It's Google's not hard. Get on Facebook. Find those houses that aren't being lived in. Okay. A couple reasons. Most of the time, if they have an absentee owner, it was either some, it was either the three D's of real estate investing, death, divorce, or disease. Somebody got sick, somebody got divorced, or somebody died. Somebody may own it that just doesn't know what to do with it. They may have an emotional tie that they just don't want to deal with. So they've just let it sit there a few years, or maybe they just don't have the time. Maybe they're out of state. They're out of town. You'll see that. And I think we're going to see more of that in the next few years as baby boomers start passing away at higher rates that they have paid for houses or they inherited houses from their parents that maybe they had as a rental, got tired of that because one rent house sucks and just left it there. Absentee ownership is going to be one of your best places to find real estate deals. And so when I say a thousand deals, it sounds kind of nutty, but I probably do look at 500 to a thousand houses online, maybe the same house five times, but I do the diligence on those things. And I drive around and I drive around the neighborhoods that already have existing houses because I know the neighborhoods. I know what rent is. I know what the market's going to hold. I know what the houses are worth. And I look for those houses that are abandoned. You will be surprised how many you can find. Now, getting information on them and getting all the way to a closing is harder 
than just driving around looking, but you can find those people and you can find those deals and they are going to be more likely to sell it at a discount as is than those who live in it. Or if they are, if they're living there and there's deferred maintenance, that's different, but look for the ones that I'm, that are absentee, but you can go to like our, our central appraisal districts in Texas handle evaluations or handle valuations on houses, you can go look up info. You can find addresses. So the, the other trick on that is if the owner's address doesn't match the property address, they're getting their mail somewhere else. They're not living there. And so that's something I would definitely think about. But the more that you look at, the more chances you'll get, the more lucky you'll get. Um, and I can tell you, my business partners and my banker probably get tired of me bringing deals. Um, and a lot of them don't work out. I mean, you got to think for the thousand that I've looked at, one's worked out, but that's okay. That's what it's supposed to be. But what you think sometimes sitting there is, man, I've looked at a lot of deals and none of them worked out. I'm done quitting. It doesn't work that way. You've got to, the more you do, the better numbers you'll have. Promise you. So a couple ways to improve your luck. I'm just going to recap them. Positive thinking attracts positive things. Get your mind right. When things do happen to you, don't think that they're luck. Know that you created the circumstances that got it to you. Become a center of influence. Whatever industry you're in, whatever you're doing, the way that you get business, become a center of influence. Make connections, network, join a mastermind. Get in Facebook groups. Create your own Facebook group. Be the group expert. Because even though sometimes you may feel like you don't know everything about what you're doing, I guarantee if it's something you do every day, you know more than 99.9% of the population out there that doesn't. Keep your eyes open for opportunities. They exist everywhere. Lean on your intuition, your gut. If it feels right, proceed. If it doesn't, take a step back. Think about it. Use your head at that point. Then proceed if it feels good. You do have to listen to those things sometimes. And lastly, like I said, it's a numbers game. Do your diligence. You're going to look at a lot that don't work out. But if you want to improve your luck, you want things to fall into your lap, do those things. It will definitely help improve that. If you liked what you've heard today on Thursday Thoughts on the Live It Full podcast in our Facebook group, Live It Full, the community, if you've liked this, man, go leave us a five-star review on Apple. Share us with your friends and family. Um, go subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, I'll drop links. Um, we do put videos on there, um, sometimes whole videos, sometimes clips, but I digress. Go follow us at um, at that real live it full on Instagram. We are on TikTok um, under live it full. Um, and we hope that you're getting something out of it. I'm gonna let Joey Yak lead us out of here with an outro. You keep on keeping on and live it full guys. Love you. you. You just listened to this entire episode. That means you gained some type of value. So make sure you leave a review and subscribe. So you never miss an episode of live it full. Living every day life with a purpose. Living every day life with a purpose. Make sure you embrace every single day. And we'll see you next time on the Live It Full Podcast.